Like, you have to be an extra a-hole to just be like, you know what? One zero is not good enough for me. Yeah. I'm going to go with a double zero. Um, yeah. I don't I was, like the I was, double zero. <laughs> I was going to make a point that the number 34 is going to be retired for, you know, both the Red Sox and the Celtics. I, I just think that's, you know, very ironic. That is kind of cool. Know, Paul Pierce and David Ortiz. Um, you know, I, I think those two guys really made that city um, along with Tom Brady. Um, so those guys are definitely idols of our generation. Um, where we can say, like, the face of, you know, New England would be to- a mix of Tom Brady, David Ortiz, and Paul Pierce. I would, with- I would agree with that, too. Mm-hmm. I think that in the past decade, it's tough to find somebody more scintillating than David Ortiz. It is. And I, I know that Brady, obviously, you can't even really hold a torch to Brady with the amount of championships the guy's got and the accolades and all the records that he's broken. But in terms of personality... And what they meant to the city, David Ortiz is right up there. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And I mean, what what he meant, uh, obviously, in the 2004 World Series, uh, breaking the curse, that's huge. Yep. Obviously. But then you, you're part of a run where you win another one in 2007 with a team that just ran the table yeah, on everyone. To end. So you, you did it to break a curse. Then you did it in another way Domination where you fashion. just completely dominated the league all the way to a World Series. And then again in 2013 where in, another, a, in, in another way. Crazy World Series. Where he had just a dominant postseason and ridiculous World Series. But that was with a team that no one expected to win. Right. So he broke an 86-year curse. Then ran the table with a dominant team. Then carried a team that had no business being there in, to a In World a year Series. where the city needed that. In a year that the the marathon bombing happened, and he was one of the biggest voices to help us pull ourselves back together as a city. I mean, that was one of the great, and I don't want to blow this because I got something like this in five questions, but that was one of the defining David Ortiz moments for me. It was. And I know he used an expletive, but he gets out there and says, this is our city. Who wasn't fired up at that and point? Everyone. Oh, and their grandmother. And you knew that he meant it. Yep. It wasn't an act. Uh, there was nothing fake about Ortiz, and that is the—that's one of the great things about this guy as a character and a and a Boston sports figure. You knew what you were getting was pure David Ortiz. Every time right. he spoke, every time he played, he was just putting it all out there for you. Right, and I know Ashish and Brian, you guys were at the game. I was watching the Nesson broadcast. I, w- I was too. I was I was watching both. You were, yeah. And I I've never felt like. A, you know, such butterflies and just like a presence just to see David Ortiz retired and, you know, talking to Jerry Remy and he looks, Dave he, O'Brien. He, he looks snazzy, he too. Looks, he looks really good, you know, <laughs> for a retired guy, you know. He's um, chilling. A lot of them go. He definitely put on some weight. But, but a lot of them <laughs> go into. Happened? Have you seen Jason Veritek lately? <laughs> a lot of them go into Tim like Wakefield. <laughs> depression mode, though, because yeah. you, you forget all the hype, you know, the glamour. Yeah. And, and drinking plays a factor, but, you know. Drinking d- plays a factor. <laughs> it does. But, but, but with David Ortiz, you know, he always has a smile no, on his face. No, he's always. I was just going to say, like, I can't picture Ortiz no. ever being depressed. No, he's he always so happy. Right. And, and that's what's different from, like, that broadcast because he was talking about. Like how good the Red Sox are are going, and you know uh, Pedro Martinez and his random tweets about you know Poppy coming back, and he said you know stop that because I keep getting you know <laughs> lit up on my phone, and mm-hmm. it's just good to see that like camaraderie <laughs> yeah. between 
you know, all of the Red Sox nation. And, you know, he's a part of that family. He will always be. So it, it's great. It's awesome that uh, he had that moment last night. No, it's just unbelievable. I, I mean, like, I think back to when David Ortiz first came to the Red Sox in the offseason just after the 2002 season when he was released by the Twins. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think Pedro had him over for dinner when he was a free agent. Yeah. And said, hey, you know, we need uh, an extra first baseman. We've got Jeremy Giambi. And remember, he was a platoon first baseman with Jeremy Giambi. Jeremy I remember Giambi, that. Yep. And I remember when he came over, I, I honestly was struggling to think, like, you know, I, at the time, I've never been a big fan of a platoon first baseman. So I was kind of thinking, well, who do I like more here at first base, Giambi or this Ortiz guy? Shea Hillenbrand. Uh, Shea Hillenbrand <laughs> was our third baseman at the time. I remember Shea Hillenbrand. Mike yeah. Stanley. Everybody. Yeah. So, you know, it's just amazing that when you, you think back to when he first came here and he was platooning at first base with not only another guy, but a Giambi of all people. Yeah. And that guy was an a-hole. I mean, so, more so than his brother. What's the matter? You didn't like Brian Daubach? <laughs> I, hey, you know what? I was a big Daubers fan. I loved Daubach. <laughs> I, you know, not I, a great player. Daubach. Not a great player, but he was a dirt dog, man. He now tried question, his hardest. Did Jeremy Giambi wear a golden thong like Jason Giambi? I don't know. Maybe it's a brotherly thing. Maybe they both do it. I have no idea. <laughs> but played but for Oakland A's. For being the second Bronze. best Giambi. Bronze. <laughs> so, Bronze. He was that bad. It's just. It's kind of like, and then I remember the first moment that I realized, hey, this guy could be something special. I can't remember what game it was, but I remember there was a game I was watching where the Sox came back. Todd Walker hit the game-tying homer or something in the ninth Todd or something. Walker. You guys remember him? And then an inning later, David Ortiz comes in, and he hits a walk-off homer. And at that point, I'm like, hey, I like this guy. Right. And here we are, what, 15, 16 years later? 15 years later, because you had ta- 14 with the Sox. Not talking about Jason Giambi. Yep. L- look at the right. to- look at the <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Giambi. Jeremy, see? <laughs> We're not talking about it. <laughs> but, but look at the total package of David Ortiz throughout his entire career, right? I mean, he's an impactful player, you know, a designated hitter in baseball. He made that position, you know, it's a transcendent uh, you know, position now um, where, you know, some teams don't have that bonafide horse DH right. like they, the Celtics they, they have had. They use it as like a rest position. Exactly, but I've never seen such a, a figure in sports where you have such an impact on the field and an impact off the field. And the way he inspired people and the way he inspired the people in, you know, from his homeland, you know, Dominican Republic, um, you know, DR has always been a part of the uh, the MLB. You know, look at uh, Pedro Martinez, Pujols, Pujols um, Alex, is Alex Rodriguez um, Dominican? No. Well, anyways, you have all these. He's American you know, of some descent. I'm not sure what Latin American country. but Aren't we American. all? Yeah, but my, my <laughs> we are all American of some descent, <laughs> some Latin American descent. But, but my not, whole point no. is, no, we're not all no, Americans of Latin American descent. <laughs> right. We're all Americans. I'm, I'm saying a Rod, some descent. I'm saying a Rod, not us. S- sorry, Mark. <laughs> but, but my whole point is, like, he had an impact on the Red Sox. But I think you guys are forgetting how big of an impact he had. On baseball well, yeah. in general. I mean, there oh, was the yes. commercial, I think it was like after the 04 season, where it was like uh, a guy put on like a Red Sox hat and everyone thought it was David Ortiz. Yeah. <laughs> Look, every, I think everyone around baseball, when you saw Ortiz at like all-star games, home run derbies, who didn't love this guy? 2010. Who that didn't was... love Big Poppy? Yeah. Uh, honestly, like he was he was just like... Dan Shaughnessy? And, and obviously, <laughs> yeah, That's maybe. Way, yeah. But look... You never know a guy like yeah if that yeah, they haven't met in person. Right. But this is what we mean by transcendent. Yep. Right? Poppy was a transcendent player. You didn't even have to be a fan of baseball to know Big Poppy, David Ortiz, 
and the personality that he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, if you watch, like, some of the specials that they have on Nesson about David Ortiz and his upbringing. I have. Very similar to, like, yeah. how Pedro came out of the DR. And, you know, I feel like all of those guys from the DR really appreciate just getting the opportunity to make a living playing a sport that they love to play. That's, and, that's what, and to be able to take Ortiz advantage of it. And, and that's what I mean. Like, these... These guys appreciate it, and not to take it away from anyone who appreciates what they end up doing in this country, but, you know, in a country that's not as well off as America, in order to get that opportunity, it, it's almost by chance. I was just going to say, to yeah. be, You have to be so lucky. And so these guys, Ortiz, Pedro, they appreciate the opportunity in it, and it it resonates that they appreciate the opportunity and how, how much Ortiz loved being a part of the city of Boston that's why he's transcendent, right. because he loved every minute that he played in this city, and you knew it. You could tell he felt an attachment to the fans of this city. And, and we've talked about this in previous shows, and I'm going to bring it up again because I think it is so true, and there's so many comparisons when it comes to the uh, New England teams. Look, look at Tom Brady, right? Last pick of the draft, right? Feasting adversity right away. Right. Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas, adversity right away. Paul Pierce getting stabbed eight times, adversity right away to get back in shape and show people and prove them wrong. Players have a tendency to thrive in the moment. Look at David Ortiz when he got cut by the Minnesota Twins, right? The Red Sox gave him a chance to show what he could do. That's why players like Tom Brady, Paul Pierce, and David Ortiz are the best, are one of the best in, yeah. in their sports. And the reason why is because they go through those obstacles and they overcome tremendous, tremendous adversity. And it makes them a stronger player and a stronger person. Absolutely. And it is so inspiring to be a part of this era because you're seeing that. Right. And when you see that, you get inspired just to do that oh, yourself. See- Mark, I think that those guys in particular, the guys that go through the adversity or seem underappreciated, Tom Brady going in the sixth round of the draft, David Ortiz uh, basically nearly not making it as an MLB player, those are the guys that when they're presented with the opportunity and they seize that opportunity, they, they make the most they of it. Don't let it go. They yes. don't let it escape them. They don't let themselves live outside of that moment. And it some and it creates this consistency throughout their play and their production on the field or whatever sport they're playing. That's what creates the consistency because they know that they were given an opportunity that not everyone gets and that wasn't easy to obtain. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at Brady, 6th round draft pick, chip on his shoulder, what motivates him still to this day as the greatest quarterback of all time? It's that. It's that because he knows it wasn't easy to get there and it wasn't easy to maintain it. And same with Ortiz, yep. a guy from the Dominican Republic who, uh, who may have wasted away after the Minnesota Twins let him go. But he got another chance in Boston. He seized that moment. And when, when players like that get that opportunity and they take advantage of it, they never let it go. It feels they so good. They don't let too. it go, and they become these all-time greats. And it, those that that's like the beauty of the sport too. Like when when you look at somebody's life story, or you know through their their career, whether that's facing injuries, like Tom Brady with a torn ACL, he came back, and now he's the goat. Like you look at all these. This is what makes sports really great. Like th- this is what makes the passion, 
beyond like belief because people live in these players. Like we're talking about it right now is because we went, we walk through their lives and we know what they're about. And it's so like, it's so comforting and, and to hear it come to fruition. You go through different barriers in life and you just overcome it. Right. It's such a, a beautiful feeling. It and, really is. And look, you always hope that that message resonates with people. And, and yeah, you sort of live vicariously through athletes at, at moments. But, you know, it's those moments where they elevate to that transcendent level. And those you are know, the where, most successful people. Right. Where they understand their position and they understand that they're in a position to help. Right. You know, and, and Ortiz is always given back. Yeah. Always. And he's, you, you know, it's it's sort of ridiculous to ever elevate any human being to that status of we need to hear from this guy. But I keep going back to that moment at Fenway, uh, the uh, the weekend of the bombing, mm-hmm. where he just, he, can't, he didn't have to do this. You know, but he, I think he understood his position mm-hmm. in this city. My hair standing up when you just said that. Like, and I got and that's what I mean. He's He understood... That he was transcendent and that the personality that he established here in Boston meant something to people. And there are so many athletes that get to that level and don't do the right things with it. Right. You know, become self-centered individuals and they're, they're all about themselves. Ortiz was not one of those guys. And that's sort of what separates him from other transcendent athletes. There were times. Sure, there were times. Look, Ortiz had a personality on him, absolutely. But you always knew... That when it mattered, right. the guy was going to do what was right. And he's always done what was right. And, and whether or not that was production on the field or a moment like the weekend of the marathon bombing. I mean, I, I will always... That's the the number one memory that stands out to me. And what really solidified Ortiz as a Boston legend yes. was that moment. Yeah, right. More so than anything he ever did on the field was just understanding the city, where it was at. And saying, look, this is our city and no one's going to dictate our freedom. And he says, stay strong at the end of that. Short, sweet, simple. Everyone knew that Poppy was just relaying a message that everyone in Boston needed to hear. And everyone felt it. And that was an amazing thing. And that's why Poppy is Poppy. Mm. He's that transcendent guy. And it's it's amazing that his number's been retired. And I couldn't be happier for him. You know, that's a great ceremony last night and a great moment in Red Sox history, and we will talk about it more. I've got five questions on this later, but you're looking at the one guy in Red Sox history that won three World Series. Right. Yep. And the way that he did it, the clutch moments, all of that, all of what surrounded the, the 2013 season, and his personality, yeah. you know, you may never see another athlete like that, another sure. character like that, another Boston sports figure like that. As much as we love Brady... I mean, there's something special about Ortiz. Mm-hmm. And I just want to go back to it, you know, with, with Brady and Ortiz. You asked them what was probably their most defining moment is, I think, when Brady got drafted in the sixth round, and I think when Poppy got cut by the Minnesota Timber, uh, Twins. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Okay. Those, those Brady moments. Brady might also be when he got that knee injury. Knee injury. Could be. That those could be the climax of their career. That's what makes the great athletes the great ones. Those those moments when you get knocked down and you get back up and you seize that next opportunity and then you just never let it go. And that's what Ortiz did. His entire career right. was built off people not believing in him but then having a chance to prove himself 
and just doing it over and over and over Average again. Average 27 home runs a year. It's with, a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. It really is. I think I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book. But yeah, he'll be the first, we'll see be what the first full-time DH to get in, right? Yep. He may Tino be the, Martinez maybe the best to ever play the position too. Yep. Edgar Martinez. I'm sorry, Edgar Martinez. I said Tito. My bad. Whatever. <laughs> Tino Martinez was good too. Okay? No, he wasn't. <laughs> Tino. So that's that's the gushing uh, oh, crap. That's all my gushing. <laughs> we had to. Oh, oh come on. Yeah, I mean, like, like right, you gotta gu- you gotta gush a little bit about the. guy. I mean, how can you not? This is a guy, and and I know we have to go up against break, but you know, Pedro is a guy that I absolutely idolized as a kid. But when he came to Boston from Montreal, I was nine. Okay, when Poppy came. I was 14, so I was a little bit older, yeah. and I really saw this guy from beginning to end. Right. right. Pedro, when I was a kid, I just assumed he had been on the Sox like forever. Every day. You know, and he was only <laughs> here, even though he was insanely good, he was only here from 98 to 04. This is a guy that we literally watched from the beginning of his Red Sox career up until the final game he ever played yep. in baseball last year in the ALDS when the Red Sox got swept. Also, I was at that game, and that was emotional as hell. Mm. But when you watch that for 14 years from beginning to end, like we did Brady even, you know, it's it adds a little extra you know, oomph to that. And, I, and I, it's just unbelievable. I know that these athletes, like, we don't know them, but when you think about it, you do. You grow up with these guys. They're, they're on your television Every night, they're in your house every night. Yeah. They're okay? hanging on your wall. Like, that's what yep. I mean. Like, these guys, like, yes, we idolize them. Sometimes it's, it's for the wrong reasons. But I think everyone in Boston can be happy with idolizing a guy like David Ortiz. Yeah. He's the right kind of guy to look at and say, wow, amazing career. Glad that his number is going to be up in the rafters at Fenway Park in immortality till the end of Fenway Park, till the end of time. It's, there's a reason for it, and I think you can always be happy for a guy like Ortiz getting the credit that he's due at the end of a career that we all loved and enjoyed. I almost swore. We all <laughs> loved it. We all loved it. He did it the right way. He right. really did. And it, look, there were ups and downs. There were times where we were frustrated with him when he'd bitch about his contract. There were times where he wasn't producing, like in 2010, 2009, when he didn't hit a home run until like May, May 28th <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. There were times, you know, there was the time that he got pinch hit for by Mike Lowell in Toronto where he broke the bat over his knee. So it wasn't always great, but sometimes you kind of like that when you reflect on a career. You don't want it to be all positive. You want to remember the bad times, too. Yeah, the time he smashed the payphone. Exactly, yeah, Yeah. Uh, which Pedroia mentioned in his roast of David Ortiz a couple (laughs) nights ago, which (laughs) is fantastic. We were talking about that off the air, (laughs) and he brought that up. So, no, I know it's a lot of gushing for David Ortiz, but truly, he deserves it. And we're going to get very negative again momentarily, I assume, because we're going to be talking about some of the moves that the Red Sox made. They acquired Doug Fister, Johnny Peralta, and... The uh, reunion of the 2012 it, Tigers. It literally, Dave Dombrowski is recreating the 2012 Tigers here. So Bring we'll react back. to that. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not sold on the Peralta thing. That's a minor league deal, luckily, but I think I know why they did it. I think it could be Pablo maybe getting ready to get DFA'd and maybe put Peralta over at third. We'll talk about that, though. I know we're way over. We'll be right back here on the Sports Blast ESPN New Hampshire. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief, but the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Pop quiz. What's the most important part of a ship? Don't answer. It's the crow's nest. Know why? Complete 
visibility. I can see what's on the horizon and my crew pulling the ship together on the deck below. That's how I run this ship, and that's why we use Granger. Granger helps us keep a clear eye on our inventory, saving us time, saving us money, and helping keep everything ship shape. It's always smooth sailing with Granger. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Exercise is hard. So is maintaining a healthy diet. Of course, neither is half as hard as dying. Sadly, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Even sadder, most of these deaths are preventable with a few lifestyle changes, including regular activity, healthier eating, and not smoking. Talk to your doctor about your risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. Visit CheckupAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. A message from the American Diabetes Association. Do you search the house for hidden bottles of alcohol? Do you feel like a failure because you can't get a problem drinker to quit? Do you care about someone who seems to care more about drinking than anything else? Do you think if the drinker stopped drinking, your other problems would be solved? Living with a problem drinker can be scary and lonely, but no one has to face such stressful problems all alone. Local Al-Anon family groups can help. Women and men who have experienced the same difficulties are willing to share what worked for them. There is hope and help in Al-Anon family groups for anyone who has been affected by someone else's drinking. Are you troubled by someone's drinking? You might be surprised at what you could learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. For more information, go to alanonfamilygroups.org or call 1-888-4-ALANON to find an Al-Anon meeting near you. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Big Poppy was honored at Fenway Park last night as his number 34 became the 10th number to be retired in Red Sox history. Following the ceremony, the Red Sox played a game against the L.A. Angels. Sandy Leone had three hits, including a home run. He drove in four. Rick Porcello pitched into the seventh, and the Sox walked away with a 9-4 victory. Sox are back at it tonight. David Price on the hill looking for his third win. First pitch from Fenway is at 7-15. And the Bruins were in the news this week. On Wednesday, Colin Miller was selected by Las Vegas in the league's expansion draft. That same night, Patrice Bergeron was awarded his fourth Selkie Award, tying him with Bob Ganey for the most Selkie Awards of all time. The NHL draft was last night, and with the 18th pick, the Bruins selected Finnish defenseman Jurho Vakaninen. Good luck with that one going forward. The Boston Celtics... Use the number three pick in the NBA draft on Thursday night to select Duke forward Jason Tatum. Rumors have been circulating since before the draft about a potential trade, but most recent reports speculating that the Celtics and Indiana Pacers may have a deal in place that would send Paul George to the seas, but that would depend on first signing Gordon Hayward. Free agency begins on July 1st. With your Sports Center update, I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. And you're not our teammate, you're not our friend, you're our family. And it'll be like that until the day we die. 
So thank you. We love you. The little guy made me cry. Wow. It's an honor to get to see my number right next to all those legendary. I want to thank you guys, the fans. I love you, Boston. Thank you. All right, enough gushing. We don't do that on this show. No. We do it very rarely. Don't that do was it an exception. Anymore. Sometimes we do. Now it's time to get negative again. I, I think we all negative. gushed over Brady a little bit last oh, yeah, year. Oh, that's true. We, we, we tend to do that every now Definitely and then. Definitely did that. Those are few and far between. <laughs> I had a chubby for Charlie this uh, this postseason. You ago. did have a chubby for Charlie. Yeah. Dude, that, that guy was good, though. I mean, yeah. come on. I'm, I'm excited to see where his career goes. Well, yeah. I mean, we have gushed on this show. <laughs> that's what that's what all I'm saying. We should, we should just call us the gushers. Hey, Brian, you want to tone on that bed? Oh, sorry. He's like enjoying that if we, if we had a show a week ago, I would have told you I had a zinger in my shorts for poor Zingus. Oh, yeah. Zinger nice. for poor Zingus. Unicorn. Little, little poor Zinger. The unicorn. Yeah. So, looking at last night's game, we do, but <laughs> I'm not like, going to gush about this team. Well, though. I mean, the thing no. is, like, Rick Porcello <laughs> had a good start last night, but I'm still, like, wondering why the hell. So so four runs, four earned runs, decent. He did not. Uh, he was not out there for the third and fourth runs. Yeah. But so Bar- 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 they looked in. No, he was out there for the third run. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, I must but, uh, no, 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 stop but, paying attention. Okay, fine. I need to I need to rephrase because I said a couple, you know, like he didn't toss a gem or, or anything, but I said a couple times that he had a good start and compared to the way he's pitched this year, you know, better. D- yeah, it's it's an improvement. The better is June, yeah. It's improve it's an improvement. Great. So. Awesome. Improvements from Rick Porcello who yeah. won the Cy Young award last year. And as I've said, Whoop-de-doo. I think it was a freaking fluke last year. It, wasn't it a was, fluke. but he's not as bad as he's been this year Th- either. This no. year he's just having trouble with his two-seam fastball, which was his pitch last year. Well, that's not a good thing. No, it's not a it's good not thing. It's not acceptable But he either. worked on it, and it looked better last night. Well, we need to see that over the course of, like, the next three or four games. Exactly. Yeah, Because he has throughout, sucked yeah, all season. Throughout his career, he's always been high, low, high, low. Yes, he's inconsistent. Yeah, like, yeah a lot but of inconsistency. for long stretches. Like, he had that great season before he came to the Red Sox. Yep, 17 yeah. wins. Had a terrible first season with the Red Sox. Yeah. Terrible until bad. August, September. Very bad. Uh, August, September. Ugh. Look yeah, at this you, August, you, September. You know Overall. Yeah, we'll give him two months. Bad season. Good. You know what Josh? Uh, you know what uh, Rick Porcello is? He's Josh Beckett, just without the injuries. No, he's up, no, down, he's up, down, no, he's up, worse down. than Josh Beckett. He's way, uh, yeah. His, Josh his Beckett actually like was pretty good. His yeah. ups are not as high, and his downs are he won way a Cy Young. Josh lower. Beckett never won a Cy Young. Josh Beckett, uh, Josh, Josh Beckett, Josh Beckett won two World Series. Josh Beckett can carry your team in the postseason. Josh Beckett won two World Series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a brilliant postseason pitcher. Josh Beckett, well, two, well, one with the Red Sox, one with the Marlins. Yeah. Yes. I, thought, I love yeah. it. Oh, she's going, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's yeah. not Josh Beckett. <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of threw it out there to see what you guys would say. But <laughs> well, no, we that, took that, <laughs> put it in a fire, no, burned it. You guys agree, though, that Josh Beckett was, I mean, yeah, fine. Maybe it's not a fair comparison, no. but he was on and off no. every other year. Rick Porcello should honestly be who he was the year before he came to the Red Sox. That's the middle ground year. Right. He's He's... He had a good season, good right. season before coming here, terrible season his first year, wins the Cy Young Award the next year, and now he sucks again. He should be somewhere in the middle of he should. last year's season and this year's but that's season. Kind of, but that's kind of where I got the idea of that comparison because Josh Beckett in 06, first year, sucks. Second yeah, year, finished second so in he go- AL Cy Young. So voted. he goes up and down. You could have said <laughs> he's like a roller coaster. He's, he's not, gonna, he's not yeah, Josh you guys, Beckett. You guys, really don't don't like, let it you guys really don't like the Josh Beckett no, comparison. No, Beckett was <laughs> no. way more talented. 
Bronson. Yes. Bronson Arroyo, maybe. Yeah. No. Bronson no. Arroyo. No. Bronson he's Arroyo is hot garbage. He's a, compl- he's a, co- a closer comparison of Bronson Arroyo than he is Josh Beckett. Minus the cornrows. Bron- Bronson yeah. Arroyo ju- is about to get released. Yeah. He, he's I mean, still he's playing. <laughs> this dude is so old. He's like 40. I don't know why he's, he's still He's the last member of the 04 Red Sox. Yeah, How going. old is he? Well, he plays the guitar, too. Yeah, right. Oh, f- but thanks. That's uh, no relevant problem. detail. That's, that's a little, that's fact a little for relevant detail there. I like that. Okay, but uh, what do you guys think of uh, the Doug Fister? Uh, and this was also very interesting because I was telling you guys yesterday, the Angels are in town. Well, yeah, yeah. but they he just, wasn't with them. Oh, he wasn't? No, he had to, he's going to be uh, – he, w- he was red-eyed uh, this morning. So why wasn't he with them? At 5 a.m. Because he was – Released or like wait, uh, yeah. No, but I thought on waivers oh, so, or so something that, okay. like that. He had to go through claims. Hey, okay, let's no, put no, it no, this way. The thing is, I thought he was I'd rather have him than let's, Hector Velasquez. Let's put it this way: the Angels are in last, right? Yes. Right. The, the last place Angels didn't want this guy. Yeah. He was too crappy. No, it wasn't to too pitch crappy. for the Angels. He was too expensive. They don't need him. He wasn't able to pitch for the Los Angeles Angels. If he was at all capable. He would be somewhere in that wastebasket of a rotation. He actually is capable. I don't know. Well, if we'll find out. He's starting tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. Didn't he pitch for the Nationals? Yeah, he did. And he he pitched, pitched for the really Tigers. Well. See, the thing is, I thought it was kind of funny Ugh. because now you're telling me that he wasn't actually with the team. I was under the impression that he was waived no. when he was with the they team. Talked about it yesterday all, afternoon. They talked about it on the Ness and Brown. Oh, they did. Okay, yeah. I thought I was under the assumption that he was just in the Angels clubhouse and then just walked over, pulled no. a Doug Mankiewicz because he did the same thing. <laughs> this but is what's this the, is Pomeranz all over. Yeah, again. I was gonna say what Not kind really. of what kind of impact is they this? They didn't guy give up anything. Well, no, 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 Mark. I'm saying the type of pitcher you're getting is Pomeranz all over again. Well, that's the thing when. When that Drew, pa- no, but when Drew Pomeranz was acquired last year, no one was ecstatic about it, but we understand why it happened. I'm talking about effectiveness. In terms of effectiveness, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, no one st- knows. But the thing is, you need a fifth starter really until Eduardo Rodriguez comes back. Maybe you wave him in two weeks. Right. I'm just tired of Dombrowski putting together a team that just feels like his former players. His old Tigers team. Yeah. Honestly, Sorry, he's, doing, mic, he's doing too much in the way that he used to with the Tigers. And I guess... I'm I'm at least a little bit guilty of wishing that he would do that when he first got here. He, he has a better bullpen than he did back then. He has a he crap bullpen. No, this bullpen really? is pretty Bullpen's good. S- no, I, I, you know what? I like oh, the second. Guys, whoa, guys, whoa, whoa, this bullpen, no, this this bullpen is fool's gold. Just wait for them to crumble I'm at the end of this season. I'm a believer in this if thing. you have the same bullpen in September and October you as won't. you have now, you, won't. you will you not succeed. Carson Smith. Dude, we don't know what he's going to give No, him. we don't know what Tyler Thornburg's going to give he's us. He's not he's coming not even, he's back. Not back. Exactly. He's that's gone. Why, that's why we don't. He's got no, no He's got no talent assessment. Yeah, we can't talk about Tyler I, Thornburg. I am so down on Dombrowski that when he brings a guy here, I go, well, what's he going to do for you? Because I don't trust this guy's assessment of talent. Craig Kimbrell? Dave's still upset hey. that we traded Travis Shaw for Hello. Tyler Thornburg. Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> why? What? Been you, everyone here should be upset that we traded... Travis Shaw we don't know for Tyler Thornburg, who's who hasn't been- pitched. <laughs> he hasn't pitched a, a single pitch well, okay. for him. No, I'm saying like hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. So if well, Travis, Travis Shaw, no, 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 no. you Hold don't know what Hold Travis Shaw would have been. Tyler here. Thornburg came here with an injury. Am I incorrect? No. No. We knew he wasn't going to pitch when we acquired him. Nope. No. That's, no. He, that's he, wrong. He was fine when yeah. he, when he came over. Yeah. And, and then like a week or week in. No, it was it. in spring training that he got hurt. So so was that a month month later? Oh, 
Look, and guys, they still don't know what's wrong with their shoulder. There is, there was something. No, we do. There was something to signing Thornburg and getting rid of Travis Shaw. It was essentially a a dumping of a player that Dombrowski didn't believe in to grab a a bullpen arm that hasn't thrown a pitch for you. And I know you can say it's hindsight, but who was really that over the moon about Thornburg? I didn't know a thing about him. All I heard was he should be a good arm for you out of the bullpen. Uh, But he hasn't pitched. He was was, was nasty. Yeah. In the National League. He had some good stuff with the Milwaukee Brewers. Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Dude, Craig Kimbrell hasn't played for you either. Uh, sorry. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa, Alan, whoa, I was thinking whoa. of Alan Craig oh, when you just talked about ew, that. Alan no. Craig. Anyway, ew. Craig Kimbrell obviously ew. has been a good move. Yeah. Obviously, that's worked out for you. He had his issues last year and his struggles adjusting that, to the American League. That wasn't why he was struggling. He injured his finger early in spring training and had to make up for it, which led to the knee injury, which led to all the walks. So is there no concern for you that Dombrowski's getting rid of guys for potentially injured players? No. Players that are at the very least fragile. No. He's made a bunch of deals for players that have gotten injured. It does. It bothers me. Yeah, Drew Pomerantz, they didn't do a a good evaluation on that. And they were told... That the guy had arm problems and and they didn't want the the guy that they gave to the Padres back, they kept him after the fact after they were right. told this guy had an injury and the Padres tried to slip it by you. You're they had a lucky. chance to get the guy back so, so, that they traded. So if we look and at said, the we'll list, we'll just keep him. So well, if we look at the list: Carson well, Smith, Tyler Thornburg, and Drew Pomeranz, three guys that Dombrowski brought in. Yes, but if you didn't have, Drew, have injury, if issues. the Red Sox didn't have Drew Pomeranz, who would you have in your rotation? Hector Velasquez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was actually stabilized the bottom half of your rotation. That's a fair point. My point is that he's bringing in guys that seem to struggle to remain healthy. Yeah, but also my my is there, so- is there a background with Carson Smith? No, is there a background with Thornsburg? No, that's why I don't have a problem with it. If there was like injuries in the past and leading up to this, I would most certainly agree with you. Right, but since there was no history of you know any softness. I, I can't agree. You know, Drew Pomerantz, I thought he was always average. Yeah. I, he, I he's, thought, a, he's an average pitcher, bottom of the rotation. But what, he's what, not going to be in the rotation. What, the fact that what? they, after the fact, had a chance to reverse the deal and get Anderson Espinosa back what? and ex- chose not to. What excuse is there? Well, you needed what arm ex- in your rotation. Hold on, Brian. What excuse <laughs> is there for the Travis Shaw for Tyler Thornburg deal? My guess. What real excuse do you have for leaving third base a vacant hole on your roster? Yeah, Pablo. And bringing That's in exactly Tyler. That's exactly what it is. It's, they thought they, they thought Pablo it, it, would look. actually be healthy, and he's a load of crap. Yeah. So they're baseball talent evaluators who thought that Pablo was valid when we sat here two years ago and said there's a good chance this guy might not even want to play baseball anymore how did we know that and, and they, they didn't and enough enough to the point they believed in pablo you're telling me enough where they were ready to get rid of travis shaw who is a perfectly serviceable yes, third baseman but they also have people waiting in Devers, the minors Raphael Devers, Devers who is way more talented than Travis Shaw and will not ever be. And we're not going to see Devers for another two years. Can't no, play defense right now. You'll see him in August this unless, year. Unless his really? defense yeah. doesn't improve, but Brian. Can we hold, right. the, can we hold the phone on uh, Dombrowski not evaluating talent? Because he gave up Mankata for the best pitcher in all of baseball. Anyone, in the American any, League. In the American listen, League. I don't know about all Mark, of baseball. But. That, that's not a deal that I give Dombrowski credit for. I'm sorry, because anyone but do you makes give, that deal if you have the assets to do it. But do you give him crap for sending Yo Mankata? No. 
I make that deal over and over again, but so does every other of the 29 GMs in the league. For, for, That's an easy deal to make. straight up? I, mean, I think so. I think I think some GMs would be pretty like I don't know on the fence about it. With the with the contract that Chris Sale came here with, you've got him oh, locked up for three years on a friendly deal. I make that deal ten and times given, out of ten. Given that it's oh, Chris Sale, and look, I, I give him credit for pulling the trigger, but I think it's an easy deal to make. Same with David Price. You had the biggest name on the market. You had the money because of the yeah. organization you are heading. To go out and get the biggest name on the market. I, I, I just think the reason they uh, they didn't want to lock up third base. Because these, they knew that they had players waiting in the wings who uh, are way more talented uh, Brian, than Travis Shaw. Brian, and you'd have to trade him anyway. You've, you'd have to get rid of him. Where's your window for a World Series? We all agree it's while Chris Sale's contract is is in this three-year span, right? Yeah. Is Devers even going to be ready? Yes. Uh, how do, how no, do no, you no, know no, that? Not to make an appearance, Brian. Not to make an appearance, but to be your full-time third baseman. To be the guy that's on a— think be the third baseman next year. He's on a World Series roster next year, you're telling me. Yeah, I think he could even be up by the time— by August. I could but listen to what I asked though. I said not as a guy that's making an appearance in the majors as your full if you time can deal third with base. Occasional Guys, don't errors forget, and don't forget dominant the ob- offense. Yes. Don't forget the obligation of having to play Pablo Sandoval. I mean, you're not just gonna. You're not play playing him anymore. He's no, on the DL. He's on the DL, and you no, know what? With, the, the, and with, with an ear infection. No, when you that, and that's the most Red Sox <laughs> injury <laughs> he's ever. He's got seriously. He's on the <laughs> DL for an ear infection, which they know after he's on the DL, he's gonna have to have a rehab stint he's, of no, no, sixty no. days he's, for an ear infection. You know what? That's that's not even gonna happen because I think they brought in Johnny Peralta because Pablo Sandoval will get DFA. Yeah, I agree. I think Great. He will get DFA. So, the money, so now he's we're gone. so now we're at bringing in Johnny Peralta to play third base. Marrero's been Listen, doing just fine to me. I don't care what the what the rumors were or what the evaluation of Tyler Thornburg was. There is no excuse for trading Travis Shaw after having seen what he turned out to be and having seen that you Thornburg hasn't thrown a pitch in a Red Sox uniform. That, that, you no have ex- no idea no what excuse, Travis Shaw would have been here. No excuse for that sort of... Because he wouldn't have been an everyday player. The, he would have platooned with Pablo. Brian, the, no, are you serious? Yeah. You, you think that? Pablo would have had to play. Listen to me. The poor talent evaluation from the upper office, uh, upper offices of the Red Sox. There is no excuse for managing your talent that poorly. It's, it's not that poorly. It's horrible, Brian. They got rid of a guy who's raking in Milwaukee. Yes, but you have no idea what for he a guy who hasn't here. thrown one single I pitch I for you. I would have taken more of a chance on Travis Shaw more than Pablo. But he wouldn't have played every day, Brian. Yeah, he would have. Because no, what other op- what other option would you have had right now? Pablo. The Pablo's not playing now, and you don't have Travis Shaw. They would have platooned Travis Shaw and that's, Pablo. You're insane, okay. Brian. I'm not that's, insane. We're, we're way over. We're gonna I'm go. Not to that's, that's, that's just the so wrong. How is it so wrong? Because, How is it wrong? Because Pablo's not playing now, and you don't have a valid option at third base. If you have Travis Shaw, he's a valid third base option yes, over but, Pablo. But then they would have platooned, so he's Pablo wouldn't have gotten... He's not platooning now, Brian! That's because he got hurt. Let's, let's bring he's it, he's I, got I, a I, fake I, ear injury, <laughs> and you know it's fake! It's he right. just sucks, okay. so they put him on the DL! vertigo. Alright, guys, we gotta go to break. We are like six minutes over. We will come back and still talk about this. This is the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. 
For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Pop quiz. What's the most important part of a ship? Don't answer. It's the crow's nest. Know why? Complete visibility. I can see what's on the horizon and my crew pulling the ship together on the deck below. That's how I run this ship, and that's why we use Granger. Granger helps us keep a clear eye on our inventory, saving us time, saving us money, and helping keep everything ship shape. It's always smooth sailing with Granger. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get He worked out early, practiced late, and studied well into the night. The next day, he did it all over again. She missed time hanging out and socializing with friends so she could make it on time to practices and games. He became a top student and a confident leader, even as he helped his team win back-to-back conference titles. She became a role model in her community, even as she led her team to an undefeated season. And when they finished playing high school sports, what did they do next? She graduated from college with honors and went to work for a successful company. He attended graduate school and became a difference maker in his community. Because that's what student athletes in New Hampshire do. They use the skills they develop playing high school sports today to do even bigger things in life tomorrow. High school sports. A winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association and the New Hampshire Athletic Directors Association. In the next 60 seconds, 156 people will be added to Earth's population. Many will face a life of poverty, hunger, and poor health. At some point, planet Earth may no longer be able to sustain our world's population. But overpopulation is not just a numbers game. It's also about a better quality of life, which includes access to basic health care, food, clean water, and a sustainable balance between people and our natural resources. If you think overpopulation is such a big problem that you can't make a difference, think again. Population Connection is the national grassroots organization that believes through education and information, individuals can make a difference. Take the time to make an investment in a better, safer, less crowded world. Even small choices can make an impact. To learn more, visit populationconnection.org. That's populationconnection.org. A public service message from Population Connection. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Big Poppy was honored at Fenway Park last night as his number 34 became the 10th number to be retired in Red Sox history. Following the ceremony, the Red Sox played a game against the L.A. Angels. Sandy Leone had three hits, including a home run. He drove in four. Rick Porcello pitched into the seventh, and the Sox walked away with a 9-4 victory. Sox are back at it tonight. David Price on the hill looking for his third win. First pitch from Fenway is at 7-15. The Bruins were in the news this week. On Wednesday, Colin Miller was selected by Las Vegas in the league's expansion draft. That same night, Patrice Bergeron was awarded his fourth Selkie Award. The NHL draft was last night, and with the 18th pick, the Bruins selected Finnish defenseman Jorho Vakaninen. And the Boston Celtics used the number three pick in the NBA draft on Thursday night to select Duke forward Jason Tatum. Rumors have been circulating since before the draft about a potential trade. Most recent reports speculating that the Celtics and Indiana Pacers may have a deal in place that would send Paul George to the seas, but that would depend first on signing Gordon Hayward. Free agency begins on July 1st. With your Sports Center update, I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now.
Ashish Sharma, Brian Roach, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazell. Mark is just being a defiant little a-hole right now. You're an a-hole too. The Sports Blast. You guys, uh, you guys all good now, Brian and Dave? Look. You guys settle down? Look. I had to break it up. <laughs> I was trying to get them to break. I'm sorry for yelling, okay? But if I can make a calmer point, Travis Shaw, for what it's worth, you have no idea. Sucked here. Yes. And that's not Travis Shaw's fault. Is it's not not, a, not 100% his fault. From June to to, to the Red Sox it was not his fault. Evaluated him incorrectly and did they? Did not get the most I, out of him. He's, playing, I have a he's playing one year in Milwaukee. No, 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 no. I, I Look at what he's doing. It's Brian, Milwaukee. Brian, I have a Look question. Look at what he's doing, and you're telling me you wouldn't rather his production, Guys, I even this slightly less. Conversation. Even, <laughs> this is quieter. <laughs> even slightly less than what he's doing in Milwaukee right now. You wouldn't take that at third base Because this what, year. Are you, what are you, you getting at third base right would, now? You would. For $500,000, as opposed to Pablo's... Ridiculous you, you twenty would, million dollars a year. You're sort of like forced to play Pablo. Why? Why? Because you're Cause afraid as an organization that it looks bad to a bench a guy who's making twenty million dollars a Brian, year. Pablo's a what sort of he's a player. He has sort of two more years on his contract Brian, after this season. What sort of winning mentality is it when you put a guy out there who's actually hurting your team on a night-to-night basis just because he makes $20 million a actually, year? Actually, they won a decent amount of games with him in the last He actually game. has a terrible wins above replacement. I don't even believe in the war stat, but he's he actually costs you more games than and, he and, wins you. And Brian, your argument is, well, you need him in there because he's getting paid and you know all this. Dude, he's not even starting half the time. Yeah, He's a part-time player as he, it is. Still because a, he's not in good enough shape and he sucks when he's He's out there. Didn't want to eat all that money. They Your probably argument makes no they're sense. eating you it might anyway, as well because Brian. he's not playing as much as he should. Last year, going into the season, who won the job at third base? It was Travis Shaw. Yeah. Before Pablo got hurt, we couldn't have predicted his injury, but he was going to be the guy coming off the bench. Let me ask your opinion of this: Are they better with Marrero in the lineup at third base than they are with Sandoval in the lineup at third base? Yes, because of the defense. Okay, so then what difference does it make if you bench him? What do you mean? What difference does it make having twenty million dollars sitting on the bench if he's actually hurting your team? Well, that's when what, he's on what, the field. That's what basically was happening. He's either gonna sit on the bench, right? Yeah. He's either gonna not play, and your team will be better, or he's going to play, and your team will be worse. And regardless, both of those options are costing you twenty million dollars. So you go with whatever's gonna make your team better. I, I, as I said, I think the only reason they traded Travis Shaw was so there was no block. For prospects coming up at third base, Devers being the main one. Devers hasn't even made his major league debut yet. How does that wait? How does that block Devers? I don't understand that. Because he because you have a starting third baseman rather than a crap bag third baseman that blocks your pipeline of third base talent. I mean, Mitch Moreland's your first baseman. Did that block Sam Travis from coming up? Uh, basically, no. Sam Travis isn't getting any at bats up here. I think he should still be in AAA. The point is you did not have to proactively trade Travis Shaw just to create a pipeline at third base. But guys, there was a necessity on this team for relievers. Sure, Thornborg is now out for the season. Yes. And that couldn't have been predicted. But why? Because he wasn't hurt at the time. Why would you trade a position? And why would you trade a player that plays a position that you desperately needed production Because you also needed relievers. 
You didn't think the. Uh, did you think and now, Heath Henry would be what he and was? And now look at what Matt Barnes is, Brian, what Joe Kelly is. Fine, but then don't you question their talent evaluation when these guys are all coming in here and getting hurt? Don't you question it at least like we we can't know uh, sitting here on the outside looking in. We can't know that there are issues with these pitchers. But shouldn't they have some inclination as to whether a guy's going to throw his arm out or not? I mean, and, I, and it's not no. like there's no sample on this. There are multiple pitchers that have now come to the Red Sox and been injured. Yes, but Thornburg's injury is a rare condition. Very rare, to the point where they were diagnosing it for four months. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, but he, you a but he heard it in spring training at a, in, in the Red Sox program. Like, and, and Carson Smith, for what it's worth, got here and pitched, what, two innings? So, so I'm not saying they should have known, but there's now a track record of them being wrong about guys. Just a couple. Uh, it's enough. It's, it's enough, enough when, you, when you consider what they've given up for these guys. It's enough. We don't know what we've given up. We, you gave those up, guys have you gave done up Travis Shaw, who's hitting cleanup in Milwaukee. Yeah, in Milwaukee. Brian, I don't care where he's hitting. It's better than the production you're getting at third base no matter what. It is. A tiny bit. Even, if, tiny he's, bit. even if he was worse off here, you'd have better production at third base from Travis Shaw. Offensively and defensively, minus Marrero. But again, Marrero's up and down between AAA and the majors. And, not right and now. If, and right if now Pablo, he's here. If Pablo costs you twenty million, then having Pablo and Travis Shaw costs you twenty and a half million. Right. I mean, that's third ridiculous. Base, third base, I think they it's have not what, about like the eighteen money. errors this year at third base for the Sox. Okay, with Travis Shaw there, I mean, yeah, he was inconsistent with the bat. He'd get hot here and there, and then he'd get cold. But he was a steady glove. No, he wasn't. Travis Shaw. Better than, Pablo. better than Pablo. Better than Pablo, yeah. Please, steady I know, because you're like sitting, waiting, you're sitting there. Waiting. Please <laughs> make your point. Go ahead. My, my whole point is I, I think the Red Sox screwed up from the beginning. And, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, I think it was spring training. They were kind of flip-flop, and they couldn't decide whether to go with Pablo to start the season or Travis Shaw. So I, I think Travis Shaw had a little bit of unknown and curiosity in where he kind of stands in the organization. Right, maybe Travis Shaw requested the trade. Which I think, yes, I, could I be think part there, of it too. there could oh, be really something it. behind the scenes. Hold on a minute. Now we've got $500,000 players requesting trades and upper management obliging them? Yeah. Are you kidding? That makes no sense. Could happen. No, that no. makes no All sense. All of these things no, point, point to crap upper management. He would have had, if they, Red Sox would have controlled him for five more years. They wouldn't have done that. that that's, that's another reason. That five years of Travis Shaw at third base stopping no everyone I, I, else from coming I, I, up. I do believe in that because I, I think Raphael do, uh, Devers is, is in the works. He's way better than Travis, Travis Shaw will ever be. Well, I, I think Travis we don't Shaw know that you at all. traded Shaw at any point. Shaw strikes out too much. But I think Shaw saw it writing on the wall that he his presence isn't with the Red Sox. His future was with somebody else. Shaw strikes out too much. I'd rather watch him strike out all season than watch Pablo wave it at three straight balls a foot out of the strike zone every time he hits. I'm not disagreeing. All right, wrapping up hour two. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. From Madison Square Garden, Chael Sonnen. New York is happy to have Chael Sonnen. And I will put an E 